Jackson live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. He has shown so far in his young NFL career he can't deal well with pressure, especially external pressure. Didn't have to worry about that at Alabama, golden boy there. Didn't have to worry about that playing high school football in Hawaii, golden boy there. He has not had a chance to be a, the golden boy with the Miami Dolphins, even though he went 6-3 and three his rookie season. I'm going to use the word sensitive because if he was sensitive dealing with all of that before this season, that thick skin better really get thicker and thicker or show up a tour tongue of Iloa because people do not want to hear any kind of excuses if you're not able to make this work to the effect that it should work, getting another weapon to go with Kasicki and Waddle and all those dudes with Miami that can make this offense really special if the quarterback plays special when it comes to Tua Tonga by Law. That is Freddie Coleman. Uh, were you going to get that? I was going to say it's either Freddie or Fitzsimmons. <laughs> it was, wasn't 100% sure. I, Freddie, uh, I think, worked back he, right before I did in Albany, I think he was. But then uh, he's always been overnights for a long time yeah. on ESPN. So uh, I know that voice uh, pretty well. I don't know Freddie too well, but he's a great guy. So uh, good to hear. You should show people your new Tua card since he was talking about Tua. Yes. So uh, we were talking, we were trying to hit on a Tua today. Now, listen, there's a difference because Tua... This is second year Tua. So I guess that was bad planning. I guess we should have opened something from Tua rookie year. Huh? Well, we that could have. Fault. But you still like the card. There's the card if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You see that, Brian? There it is. It's a good-looking card right there. Yep. Nice. By the way, we got Tua today. We got Tyreek Hill as well. That is weird. Yeah. I got more excited about James Robinson and Josh Allen. Yeah, you did. You definitely did. Uh, those, those are your friends, though. You know, you do uh, television. The other thing about this, I got year two Justin Herbert, year two Joe Burrow, yep. year two Tua. All from the same pack. We did get Trey Lance rookie. Yeah, we did. That was the only quarterback rookie card. You you got it. Well, now I got it because I won. Yeah, Basically, I won the pack battle. Yeah. Pack battle's the thing, man. It's like arm wrestling without getting hurt. Who gets hurt arm wrestling? Well, you, it depends who you arm wrestle. Yeah, that's fair. You, you arm wrestle Austin, you probably get hurt. Yeah, that's fair. No, I arm wrestle you, I probably don't. What does that mean? I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about Austin. Um, well, this is put you down Wednesdays here <laughs> on Action Sports. <laughs> ESPN 6. Well, you asked what it meant. Just explain it to you. Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, uh, Brian Middleton here on a Wednesday. Football at 5. The big story is Tyreek Hill around the NFL. It's really an unbelie another unbelievable twist to this offseason for the landscape of the NFL season in 2022. Yep. I mean, what move actually has triggered the biggest change in how you view the 22 season? Like, what has altered the most? Is it Brady coming back to the Bucks? Is it Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay? Is it Russell Wilson coming over to the NFC West? Is it Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders and Chandler Jones going to the Raiders? Yeah. So, like, which team has altered? And now the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at Middleton put them ahead of the Patriots. Boom, just like that. And I bet there are Dolphins fans that aren't too afraid of the Buffalo Bills right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that's a good call. I, I think it has to be where Tom Brady is, the retirement and then the unretirement. Uh, he's still great. He's the greatest of all time coming back in now a weaker division, or a weaker conference, I should say, definitely a weak division. But a weaker conference, yeah, I think Tom Brady holds that. But Russell Wilson, for me, is a close second. Brian Middleton, what you got? 
What changed the or altered the NFL season? Which move or which team maybe the most? I'm not sure he's there. Yeah, so this is kind of something that you, you, you learn on the fly here. He's probably doing some producing thing yeah. that, like, you know, it gets stressful back there, like the phone may be ringing. You do this to me sometimes when you're on remote. I know. That's, that's kind of right. how it works when you can't see the person. Well, you know, you really don't that is know. true. We don't know. Uh, that's, so I'm sure I've been in the business a long time. Heck, you can't for, see him. You just keep moving. For all we know, we're no longer on the air, and they've overtaken us due to weather. Uh, that's a possibility. Or the weather knocked us off. Oh, that too. That could be But nonetheless, plausible. Uh, YouTube, Although Facebook. it says we're connected and transmitted. So, uh, yeah, you guys are on. Oh, <laughs> there we go, Middleton. There we go. Silence is deadly in our business. We're like, uh-oh. I always tell producers that, like, on TV. It's oh, like, yeah. I'd rather you sing me a song than be silent. Because I never know if I'm live than if I'm on air or not. Um, Middleton, you might have been in the middle of something. Yeah. But um, which team ch altered the landscape of the NFL the most with their offseason moves? And you have a lot to pick from. Yeah. I said the Bucks. Yeah. You said Tampa Bay, Casey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I'd love to hear that answer. argument. Uh, Could have. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, well, I think that the um, I think that the sexy pick is the Dolphins. I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I still think that it's Cleveland going all in on Deshaun Watson. Regardless of how you feel about him, maybe as a person or some of his off-the-field issues, if he performs the way that he can perform, like he did down in Houston, the defense was like a top five or ten defense. I think it was like number six in the league. The rushing uh, is a top five rushing attack in the league. And, and now you have a quarterback who was one of the best passers prior to, you know, all of 2021, that that whole you know debacle of a season and all the stuff that happened to him off the field, or however you want to categorize that, I still think that it's Cleveland. It's a gauntlet of a division um, that they're in, but that team, I don't see the weakness in that team at this point. They look like a juggernaut to me. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, that is a bold move they made, you know, to get to Sean Watson with already a pretty good football team around him. So I think the only caveat with Cleveland is. How long is the suspension going to be possibly, and how much will that hurt them in an already tough division and obviously a very difficult AFC South? Uh, Adam Schefter said this a couple of hours ago, the Dolphins' odds to win the Super Bowl at Caesar Sportsbook improved from 70-1 to 1 to 40-1 to 1 with their moves over the last couple of days. In a way, I'm almost surprised it didn't move more, but with the competition in the AFC, it's really hard to move that much more. Right. Their odds to win the AFC improved from 35-1 to 1 to 20-1. to 1. Meanwhile, the Chiefs' odds to win the Super Bowl grew from plus 850 to plus 900. I like that. Wow. I'm interested. Plus 850 to plus 900. That's all it moved. Well, yeah. I mean, they didn't get rid of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just a wide receiver. I know he's great. He's a grain wrecker, like I said, but at plus 900, that's appealing. Shows you the respect for Kansas City, though, even yeah. with the move. Yeah. Um, just a know, wide receiver. Sorry, I don't mean to cut in. Just a wide receiver? All no, right. That's where you're going with it, Casey. I'm just saying Vegas isn't going to look at Tyree Kill like he. Well, clearly. He's not, yeah. I mean, he's not going to rest the Super Bowl in Tyree Kill's hands. Okay. I mean, Vegas. I'm just telling you how Vegas is going to look I'm at it. I'm with you. The guy the I'm just saying. Let's just say this. Here's the thing about the Kansas City move today. Uh -huh. Okay? So they collect five picks, and they don't have to pay a guy $25 million a year on the outside. But if we fast forward a month, we're here at March 23rd. If we go to April 
30th or May 1st. Because I had to remember if there are 31 days in April for a second. Couldn't tell you. But if we go to May 1st, and the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round or two rounds got Jamison Williams and uh, Chris Olave. Okay. How would I feel? How do you feel about Kansas City? You feel great. Yeah. No, that's, that's why Kansas City was smart with this move, because if they want to do that, they could. Yeah, absolutely. And the, both of those guys are going to be there in that position, you would think. And it comes back to your earlier point about trading in if you're Jacksonville. But, yeah, if you're Kansas City, you feel pretty good with the picks that you acquired. You can get two wide receivers with those picks for significantly less money. And that's appealing. Uh, Field Yates had this tweet earlier. Broncos trading for Russell Wilson. Chargers traded for Khalil Mack. Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill. Raiders trading for Devontae Adams. So blockbuster trades. Mm -hmm. And so if I look at that division, I say, okay, which one of those moves altered the NFL landscape? Well, potentially Russell Wilson, right? Seattle goes from perennial contender, at least they felt like they were always going to be in the mix with Russell. Denver now, now we wait and see what that looks like. Pretty good defense last year yep. under Fangio. Does that maintain under Nathaniel Hackett? A good uh, array of weapons at the wideout position. Now you add Russell to the fold there. Pretty darn good. So really that Denver move could upset the landscape of the NFL, but it's already such a competitive AFC West. I'm not sure I look at it that way. I really think probably Green Bay has altered the league more than anybody because Aaron Rodgers would have felt different if he go went to anybody else and made him so much better. See, Brady wasn't going to anybody else. Right. He just comes back, which is significant, but he comes back. And meanwhile, the Packers, you're really looking at what they're going to do in the draft now and what they look like on May 1st because they lose Devontae. So the Packers did themselves a favor but also helped out the Raiders. So I'm not sure there's a team that really did alter the landscape of the NFL more than the Green Bay Packers, not only for themselves, but for another team. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting way to look at it. But for me, you know, Aaron Rodgers is definitely great, but he couldn't win with Devontae Adams. What makes you yeah. think he can win without him? Yeah. So, but to Maybe your it was point, Devontae's fault. I, I'm sure Aaron will blame somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think going back to the point with Denver, I, you looked at me sideways yesterday when I said the Chargers were the worst team in that division. And I think Russell Wilson makes that Denver team incredibly better. Russell Wilson, probably a little bit underrated, as weird as it sounds. And Jerry, Judy, Sutton, those guys, Javante Williams and Denver. I think Denver, like, I don't know if they're a sneaky team anymore, but I think Denver's going to be better than any of us think. Um, we will see if they are. By the way, I do want to uh, just continue to give you an update and uh, point you in the right direction on the weather side of things. Tornado warnings in the area at one time or in the last hour. I uh, saw some emails coming through the work side, the TV side, and from Mike Parrish said eight counties were underneath a tornado warning. And so uh, make sure you follow along CBS 47, Fox 30, first alert weather app, 104.5 WOKV for the latest uh, on the weather. But we've got some severe stuff coming in uh, right now in some spots and uh, later tonight or over the next couple of hours in other spots. And then there's going to be a pretty wet day, it looks like, tomorrow uh, as well. So uh, that is your latest on the forecast. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, live from Devoli Sports Cards. 
uh, well, it's House of Cards, sorry, uh, and they do have sports cards. And uh, <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> we'll change the name of the place. Yeah, that's okay. uh, That's right. Devoli's House of Cards uh, on 210. Come on by, say hello, maybe on your way. This is a good place to be in, by the way, when the weather's bad. I've never felt safer, to be honest with you. Oh, well, not only that, if it's gave you something to do. Yeah, but we could go broke quick <laughs> if we get stuck here yes, for a bit. We could go broke quick. Uh, Everybody else is pulling one of ones. I feel like we need to get in on that. What do we got? We got earlier. We just had a one on one, one on one with uh, Ian Book. Ian Book. Yep, out of Mosaic. Yeah. So and earlier was Darius Leonard. Yeah. So, it's a wild world that Ian Book. You might even be able to say that was worth more than this like two a card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's. That's a, that's a weird business sometimes. It, I mean, it's like I pulled a Joe Burrow yep. and uh, Justin Herbert year two. You did. And Ian Book, who may never play a snap in the NFL, might be worth more. Yeah, but you, I mean, yes, it will be worth more because you saw it. I mean, we we lucky enough to see it. That's the only one of those in the world that will ever be made. That's true. You know how many two of base cards there are? Yeah, probably. In every every single one of those boxes in there, there's probably I mean, they got excited in the other room, and then they came out and said, oh, it was Ian Book. I said, what? Get excited for Ian Book? Uh, yeah. Like, hey, he still plays the quarterback <laughs> position, does he not? I mean, I'm just saying, one on one, man. It's a, uh, it is, it's a, it's supply and demand, baby. I'll take a one on one Austin Lane at this point. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I still think we should do. It's either NFT or our own card set here in Action Sports Shacks on ESPN uh, 690. How about it? I'm down. Whatever it takes. Not a bad idea. Although the set wouldn't be super long. It'd be Austin. You, me, Brian, boss man Aaron, boss man Nick. We could do like exclusives, like coups. That'd be cool. That would be good. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, the we're seeing all this aggression in the NFL. If I simply said, on a an aggressive meter, what would the Jags one to ten be this off season? Now that we've seen other things unfold, see the Jags spent a lot more money than last year. Yeah. So that, and they said they were going to be aggressive. So I give them credit for spending when they said they would be. But one to ten aggressive meter. Trent Balky and company have been a what? I'm gonna say a four. Four out of ten, because you've seen all these other extremely aggressive moves. Christian Kirk, they got aggressive. They paid him the money, but to me, that's that's a four. When you see all these things that have happened for Devontae Adams today for Tyreek Hill. I uh, give him props. It's better than a one, two, or three. Obviously, that's how numbers work, but I'm going to have to give him a four. Brian Middleton, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I tend to agree a little bit about that. I mean, uh, four, Casey, one more six, time, what was your? Nine. Four. He said four. Four. Uh, four of ten. Why not? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. Why so not? Let me I, I think, listen, I, I actually think he's been more aggressive than that. I, I think they have been more like a six compared to the rest of the NFL. They haven't got there. But they spent, like, the most money in free agency. I think they spent the most money in free agency, right? Well, I mean, that's aggressive. Yes. I mean, they, they didn't make that blockbuster move that people wanted to make, but they were super aggressive getting Kirk, super aggressive getting Sheriff. They give a really good deal um, on the – I mean, a, a – some big-time deals to the defenders that they picked up on, on all three levels. So 
I mean, Ingram was an okay deal, it was a whatever deal, but if you add that all up, I mean, you're the most aggressive in free agency if you're spending the most money in free agency, so that puts him number one on that part of the board. I mean, it does. I, I, I guess you talked me into the five. The best I can do is a five because, like, for example, Tyreek Hill, we didn't know he was available until today, and the Dolphins were aggressive and winning, got it done. The, Deshaun Watson told the Browns no, and then they still ended up getting him. That's aggressive. Yes, the Jags spent a lot of money, but... The aggressive moves were made this offseason via trade, and the Jags didn't do that. Yeah. That's why I have him as a four at best five. Yeah. And so, it, listen, there's a whole – we see more trades now in the NFL than we've – I feel like we've ever seen. And now, especially in the offseason, we're seeing it a bunch. It's not like a trade deadline thing. Like, they should do away with the trade deadline because yeah. we don't even get them then. We get them now, yeah. right? But when we factor in aggression in the offseason and if you're going for broke – I think now those trades do come into play, like what you're doing, not just spending money. And they still have an opportunity to make those trades if they want to get back into the first round and grab a receiver potentially. Hey, I want to remind you on ESPN690.com, we have the Female Student Athlete of the Week vote up, a new one that just launched uh, yesterday. So head on out and vote to, on ESPN690.com. It's under the contest page. Uh, Damone Kelly from Mandarin had a big week at the uh, Bob Hayes Invitational. So did Brittany Jennings from Sandalwood. Kaylee Stacy plays tennis for Fernandina Beach High School. And Maddie Stevens, part of uh, Bartram Trails, very good lacrosse team. Female Athlete of the Week. Uh, those are our nominees here. Week three, we're doing that uh, in the month of March for Women's uh, uh, in History Month. And Piper Young from Baldwin High School won week one. Uh, Julie Boaventura from St. John's Country Day, uh, one of the top soccer players in the area, won uh, last week. So uh, congratulations to our winners. But you make them a winner by voting, ESPN690.com, contest page, and uh, you can vote until Sunday night at midnight. While you're on ESPN690.com, by the way, you can still uh, check out all the bracketology. Uh, that we had going. No perfect brackets. Brackets are left, though, huh? Uh, it doesn't sound I don't think so. I don't know if there's any per perfect there's brackets not. anywhere. No, there's not. So well, there's not, unlike CBS and ESPN. That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. They, like, one, whoever bought the insurance for the million-dollar prize, they're okay. They're okay. Yeah. yeah. St. Peter's. The insurance places are okay. Yeah, St. Peter's <laughs> saved them this year. Uh, but anyway, you can go get the latest on ESPN690.com, and you can purchase Dream 18 card uh, there as well, we are live at Tavoli's House of Cards. Brett Martin, O'Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. We come back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 all the way up until 6 o'clock here on a Wednesday. You know, I think, uh, you know, Jordan's seen a lot of growth and development just in, in his decision-making process. Um, you know, he a great deal of confidence in what we're asking him to do. Uh, you, you see that. You know, that, that's starting to, to really emerge. And, uh, you know, we were, had some situational work, some third down work. And, uh, I mean, I like, I like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, Tate you know, had some good, good moments. AJ still, you know, still learning. It's, uh, you see, the, you see the, the potential and the plays, and you just, you know, he's getting more confident with each day that goes by. And so uh, you know, I'm excited about what I'm seeing from that quarterback. Right that is Mike Norvell. You know what's really interesting? I think I'm listening to Mike Norvell from Florida State there talk at year three for Florida State head coach. I'm like, wow, like college football offseason is nothing. Yeah. Compared to the NFL offseason. Nah. I mean, you should listen. I, I've said this for a long time. I'm, and maybe this because I'm not from the South. And where I'm from, college football is eh. 
really it's more professional uh, football. So I didn't grow up around it like a, a lot of you did. Uh, I mean, I love it, but I don't I don't have an affiliation with the team. So I, it, it definitely is a little different from from my perspective. Uh, but I always thought like spring games. Like people get so excited about spring games and my take on spring games is always. I don't think there's many things that happen in a spring game that when September rolls around, your team's playing. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that from the spring game. I saw it coming. Like, you just don't do And now even coaches have basically said the spring game doesn't matter, yeah. right? They're glorified practices. They're basically a chance for to keep connected with the fans, you know. And, and sure, you're getting some work in and stuff. You go out in front of the, the stadium. And, you know, it's a lot like in the NFL. They used to have, like, legitimately feel like a scrimmage of sorts in – early August before the first uh, exhibition game, preseason game. Now they don't. Right. They invite the fans out, and they practice. Yes. And they don't scrimmage because now I think in part with all the social media and everything, they don't want to showcase anything. And so I think that's one of the reasons, even in the college football world, where everything wants to be so quiet. Yeah. But they also don't want to get anybody hurt or people already hurt or – Maybe it's even like your young players haven't even come in that might impact you, and now more young players impact your football teams in college football than ever before yeah. when they walk on campus. Now, a lot of them are already on because of early enrollment and all that other stuff, but uh, anyway, my, the moral of that story is I feel like spring games, even 8 to 10 to 12 years ago, were kind of a thing that you looked forward to, talked about, and probably overhyped, even though it really didn't matter in my estimation. And now... Those are like, oh, yeah, by the way, you, you almost don't even know what day it's on. And, by the way, Florida's moved theirs from Friday the 15th to the 14th to accommodate the Easter weekend break for the fans, oh. you know, uh, for the kids right. so the students can be out there. Uh, but that also shows you what it's all about. It's, it's really about just, hey, let's have a nice festive atmosphere yep. on a Thursday night instead of a Friday night. Uh, you put much stock into spring games? I think they're interesting, and I look at it a lot like spring training, which I know is not the world's greatest comparison because they both have the word spring in it. But if you like prospects and stuff like that, you go to spring training games to – if you go to spring training games to actually watch baseball, you want to see the prospects and who, like, is the next coming. Same thing with spring games. Mike Norvell said it right there in that sound. Uh, about eight, he's, He mentioned A.J. That's A.J. Duffy, his uh, four-star quarterback that came in. Said he's still a little bit behind, but he's only been there five days, so obviously. But spring game, you see your young guys, see what they can be. That's what you get excited for. But in terms of, like, being locked in, to your point, no, not really. Yeah, I think, again, it's just something like, oh, okay, it's happening. And the NFL just trumps everything now, too. It's like, what are the big stories in college football right now that people are buzzing about? Well, I, uh, that's a good point, but I think we ha it, it gets overshadowed, obviously, because it's not the NFL, to your point, but we had a ton of quarterbacks move in the transfer portal. Yep. Bo Nix is apparently playing for Oregon. Uh, shout out Brian Middleton. South Carolina Gamecocks have uh, Spencer Rattler now. Emory Jones is in the transfer portal for closer to home. So a lot of quarterbacks moved around. JT Daniels, it appears, is going to move again. So quarterbacks were moving in college football, but obviously it does not get the uh, recognition that it does not well, and, and a little bit of that is there's a smaller window, right? Because you got to get into classes. Yep. And so the window is really for the news to happen in college football is December into mid-January at the latest when you have firings, hirings, transfer portal guys going uh, and, and moving around a little bit. I mean, the most recent news, you had Emory Jones. He was sticking around, and now he's gone yeah. in the portal, right? So 
I guess just, I should have mentioned Caleb Williams, too, also. And Caleb Williams, yeah. And, and really, I think the biggest off-season story is USC. Caleb yeah. Williams going out to USC, but also, obviously, uh, a change in coach and Lincoln Riley yep. uh, and his new house yeah. and all his free flying miles oh, yeah. on a private jet and everything else. But it's just a, it's a really wild thing how every day the NFL has become for years and years, but now even a transactional standpoint, it, they are breaking news on a daily basis. Meanwhile, I do feel like, in a sense, I'm like, hey, college football, oh, yeah, we'll see you in, like, September or mid-August, yeah. and then we'll talk about you. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. It, it's very, it's so much more seasonal in terms of the topic of conversation. Again, if you're a diehard college football fan, right. you're going to stay on top of it. I understand. I'm talking about more to the to the masses, to the casual. You can't, if you're not even a diehard NFL fan, you can't avoid hearing about all these big names and moves. Right. You know, and then I guess that's what I'm getting at. So much so that this crossed my mind. Todd Golden was in, introduced today as the basketball coach at Florida. Yep. It feels like so long ago, but Billy Napier hasn't coached. He's hardly coached practices. He's, he's now coached a few practices. Yep. Hasn't coached a game yet. He's a new coach at, at Florida. <laughs> they got new basketball coach and new football coach. Yep. That's where and they I, are. And, and do they have the right guys is, is I think, a big-time curiosity. I think it was underwhelming with the golden move. I think a lot of people feel that way. And if you really like Florida basketball, there's less of you than, than others will make you think. But the, uh, the, I think it's underwhelming to the diehard college basketball Florida Gator fans. Yep. I think Billy Napier people like it, but I still think there's a big wait and see uh, what's going on. One thing about Napier that he has turned this thing into is he has turned it into he has forced Scott Strickland and Florida to play like Alabama and LSU and Georgia play yeah. in terms of their setup. Sure. You know, I think that's a huge storyline. Now, we're not going to be able to feel that and see that other than the hires that come across. Remember when he was hiring guys, it was like every – Two days, he would hire another guy, another guy. I mean, he's got to have a he's got an Urban Meyer kind of staff. Well, oh, yeah. that's the college game, right? That's yep. they build it and build it and build it and build it. Um, so, I'm really interested to see Billy Napier if he can be the czar, the CEO that Kirby Smart is, that obviously Nick Saban is, that a guy like Urban was at the college level, and make all those resources work for him, because he didn't have all those resources in Louisiana. He is. Florida has helped put that around him, and he has changed the game at Florida just from an infrastructure standpoint. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, to your point, they're literally having to build new buildings to house all the coaches that he's hired. He has a coach for every single position and double that uh, to make sure he's got the, the best staff around him. But, look, I was skeptical of the hire, obviously. The recruiting at the end, he salvaged it. Uh, not that it was really his fault that the recruiting class is what it is because that was Dan Mullen's situation. But he ended up finishing well with a good recruiting class, a couple of transfers as well, the Emory Jones situation. It is what it is. But he's done a nice job. Like you said, he hasn't coached a lot, so we don't know yet. And it's going to be a tough season for Florida. They have Utah on the schedule. They have a couple of non-conference games that are tough. And then, obviously, the conference schedule is brutal. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough this season. But I think the moves he has done to build around the program is, I think if you're Scott Strickland, you got to be happy with what you're seeing. There are, pe there are times over the years, and by the way, this was not the case with Dan Mullen at Florida because people were all on the train and they were winning. And yep. But I think if you go all the way back to, like, Will Muschamp maybe, uh, I think after it was like year three that people were like, okay, this isn't going to work. I don't like the field. Year two was really good, got a bump. I don't like the way this is going. McIlwain, somewhere in that two and three times, like, okay, this is not going to work. I don't have a good feeling. 
We'll see with Billy Napier. Year one's not going to tell that story. He'll get a little bit of a honeymoon. Year two will be big. Year three could be bigger. If you go over to Florida State, Mike Norvell, he had to clean up a big-time mess. So you get the pass on year one. Well, year two doesn't start so well. Then they pick it up at the last half of last year, and they start having some nice wins. They look a little better. Yep. But they still really don't feel like they have a ton of stud players. We'll see. Um, do they have enough? Do they have the quarterbacks to take you where you need to go? This is year three. Is it a telltale year for Mike Norvell? Will we know by December if Norvell is going to get this thing right or it's bound to end? And, by the way, it might not end in December because of the money situation at Florida State. They're probably not going to buy him out or whatever. Right. But you kind of get the feel like, okay, this is going to be good or eh, this is probably not the ultimate answer. Yeah, I think – the interesting thing about Mike Norvell of Florida State the whole time has been somehow Jordan Travis is still his quarterback. And Jordan Travis has done nice things for him, but you thought uh, Chubba Purdy was going to be that guy. He transfers because he doesn't get the opportunity. Tate Rodemaker has not had enough playing time but really isn't at the quality that you want to be. So, like I mentioned, you, he brought in A.J., which is a four-star from IMG. Will he compete with Jordan Travis to start this year? Who knows? But I think, to your point, they've been with Jordan Travis and you know what Jordan Travis is. He moves around a lot. He makes things happen. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he plays like him. He can move the pocket and do those things. He can make some throws. He can't make all of them. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a Matt Rule situation in Carolina. Like, he's never really had that quarterback, but he, he loves Jordan Travis. He keeps running him out there, but it's interesting that they've never gotten the quarterback in or when they do get him in, he transfers out. So that's an interesting thing. So come December, uh, I think that'll be a topic of conversation if Mike Norvell doesn't have this team in a better position, but you got to remember they're still mourning the loss of uh, the number one overall recruit in the nation when he flipped on signing day. I can't think of his name. Yeah, well, it's, uh, went to Jackson State, of yep. course. How about Dion, by the way? He called out all the people, all the NFL teams that were not at the pro day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dion trying to change the game uh, a little bit. Uh, hey, uh, how we doing on, on our golf picks? We got the bracket out, the golf picks. Jordan Spieth wins I over Keegan you. Bradley. Adam Scott beats Justin Rose. Justin Thomas over Luke List. Mm -hmm. Kevin Kisner, your guy, beats Leishman. Shocker. Uh, Neiman uh, lost. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Luke List, by the way, beat Justin Thomas. Really? That's your guy, Luke List. Luke List. I, I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Yeah, he beat Justin Thomas three and that. two. That's wow. your guy. That, was that your first winner pick? No, Rory was your first. That was your uh, first Rory in back-to-back. -back. Yeah, it was, Luke List. That was my, that was my, those were my, like, I should have put money on picks. Yes. Uh, Maverick McNeely beat Joaquin Neiman. Maverick McNeely's pretty good. Yeah, they are pretty good, but they shouldn't be beating Neiman. Kevin Na beats Russell Henley. Victor Hovland over Seth Straka. Will Zalatoris over Cameron Tringali. Nice. Alex Norwood beats Louis Ustase. Corey Connors over Paul Casey. Xander Shoffley beats uh, Takumi Kanea. Did I get that right? I'm Lucas sure. Herbert beat Tony Finau. What? Who's Lucas Herbert? Well, first of all, it's Hey Bear. Oh. Hey and Bear, like Bobby A. Bear from the Saints. There you go. Uh, it's not spelled like that. It's H-E-R-B-E-R-T. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. Tony Finau's been playing horrible, actually. For he like has been playing months. bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been a, it's been a rough And he usually does well at the Masters, too, but he's going to the Masters not playing very well. Yeah, not much. Abraham Answer had the answer over Bubba. It's never been used before. Webb Simpson beats Brian Harmon, who I had, like, into my Elite Eight. Colin Morikawa wins. Sergio Garcia wins. Billy Horschel wins. Thomas Peters wins. Scotty Scheffler wins. 
Well, there are some other matches still out on the course. So there's your bracket update there on the PGA Tour. Yep. And the only reason we bring it up is because Golf Picks Wednesday was Golf Picks Tuesday. Yes, it was. Because we filled out the entire bracket. Are we great in that? We doing like one point, two point? Like you have your bracket? Like, is it on paper? Oh, yeah. I printed it out and everything. Oh. This is serious. Oh, that's right. You did print it. I was surprised. I got a colored printed version of my PGA Tour. <laughs> See, this is the kind of Dell Technologies match play bracket. It's it's the little things, like the color printer. That's it. That's how I know in fact, you can my wife that was mad at me for wasting the ink for that. Yeah. Eh. Sometimes you got to take one for the team. I'm saying. We'll be back. We're live from Devoli's House of Cards. Brent Martino, Casey Curtis, Brian Middleton, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. The only way it changes, though, for, for all those franchises you just talked about, Jets, Giants, Knicks, yep. it, this is how you change it. Draft well. Develop a player. Yeah. Have him become a star that the whole city falls in love with. Thank and then you. stars look and go, oh, I want to be part of that. They've been doing like, it. The, the, like, that's how the Yankees did it. Yep. The Yankees the were dead in the water in the late 80s and early 90s. Dead in the water. They were not the Yankees. We, we have this mystique about them. But you know what happened? They built through their system. They yeah. brought up their core four. Actually, it was five. They brought up these young guys, and they started to play. They supplemented with some free agents. They made a couple of trades, and the next thing you know, the mystique was back. I don't know who that is, but they're right. I, I loved when the Yankees stunk back in the 90s. They were terrible. Alan Hahn right there. Barton Hahn. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah. And, uh, but, and they're right about the farm system is so important. You build through the farm. Yankees got away from that. Red Sox got into that refresh their farm system yep. and started winning because if you can have the young guys and the the ability to go pay guys the dodgers did that too by the way cubs did that too homegrown a lot of time you've got to be able to have homegrown talent in baseball even if you can spend yeah you still got a homegrown it's kind of like the nfl right now we're talking right you've got to be able to draft and develop but you also wouldn't be a bad idea to have some money to spend at some point to go get some big guys uh that that maybe can make a difference on your football team. Uh, we're at, here at uh, Devoli's House of Cards. Uh, Wednesdays, we try to get here. Now, last couple, we weren't because of players and, and a little spring break action, but uh, plan to be here uh, on Wednesdays here going forward for a bit. Uh, so make sure you come on out 3 to 6 p.m. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane uh, on the slopes in Colorado this week. He'll join us again on Friday. Casey Kurtz uh, here on his first road trip with Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brian Middleton. Uh, sitting in the studio today for Casey. We appreciate him being along for the ride. Uh, of course, catch these guys on Action Sports Shacks OT tomorrow night yep. at 6 o'clock, leading into more NCAA tournament coverage yep. on ESPN 690. We are your home for March Madness right here on ESPN 690. It was also announced today that we are your home for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp for a second consecutive year, and we probably let that cat out of the bag anyway. Yeah, I didn't know, actually, that we weren't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, you kind of cut a promo for it and everything. I had no idea. That's all right. Yeah. Um, Honest I don't think it was that big. I'm, just trying, to, I'm trying to help the brand. Thing, yeah, you know? help the brand. Help the brand for the uh, Jumbo Shrimp as well. So we'll carry a lot of the Jumbo Shrimp games right here on ESPN 690. Love being partners with those guys. And uh, they open up on April 5th. Yeah, That's a Tuesday night is the home opener. In fact, we've got some good baseball at the baseball grounds the next couple of weeks. We've got Florida, Florida State playing on this coming Tuesday. Yep. And then the Shrimp open up their season the following uh, Tuesday. Coming up tonight, what do we have? 76ers and Lakers? Yes, we do. 
76ers, Lakers. Brad Middleton, how how many points are the Lakers going to lose by? Just to be honest. Uh, give me 15. That's it? That's it. Is Embiid Le- playing? I do not know. Nine? But, you know, LeBron LeBron gives you 40, so they only lose by 15. If he, <laughs> if he scores 50, though, they have a chance to win. Uh, All right. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just glad that you didn't deny it. You know, you're usually on that bandwagon. Uh, Ash Barty. Yeah. Ashley Barty. But I think they call her Ash, they right? Do. Retired. Brian Middleton. Do you know who she is? Oh, boy. Uh, say the name one more time. <laughs> Ashley Barty. Goes by She's Ashley. like, a, oh, she retired. Right? Yes. I thought I saw a headline like she retired at 25. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but she I don't know who she is, she though. Played. I don't know who she is. I just saw the <laughs> headline. Know what, so you saw that she retired, but you don't know what sport she retired in? Yeah, I didn't click. It's like tennis or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't click on it, but I it saw it. It is like passing. tennis. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> she won a couple of Grand Slams, like three of them, right? Well, she yeah. did. She won the Australian Open uh-huh. recently, like a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And That's her. That was her home event, right? Yes, that was her home. Yeah. She's an Australian uh, tennis player. French Open, Wimbledon, she also won. And uh, had herself a nice career uh, along the way. And she's 25 and retired. Now, that seems really young, but keep in mind, a tennis player, you've been playing at the professional level a lot of times since your teenage years. You know, maybe 17, 18, even 19 years old. Some are even earlier than that. Um, But it's a grind now in the tennis circuit. So 25, it's not old by any means. You know, I mean, they've got Federers of the world and everyone else going until mid to late 30s at a high level. But she said, basically, listen, I don't feel it anymore. I'm done. This It's a little reminiscent. So somebody at the top of their game, number one in the world, it's kind of felt a little bit. Remember, like, those San Francisco 49ers guys were retiring? Patrick Willis. What's his name? Patrick Willis. Uh, there's somebody else, though, even younger, a linebacker, I thought. Oh, it was. Uh, Navarro Bowman? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was it. But And so when you see people retire at such a young age, you're like, wow, that's that's surprising. Wouldn't you want to do that more often? I respect the heck out of it usually, though, yeah. because I'm like, hey, if you don't have a love for it, most people say, I'm going to play until I don't love it anymore. And then they see the paycheck coming in. Like, yeah. I can love that for that kind of money. Yeah. Right? No, that's a good call. I think you work so hard for something, and in her case, obviously, we don't know her like that, so we can't. You know, we can't say, but if she says she's content, that's really all that matters because I think you find out there's a lot more to life than maybe just the sport you were playing or whatever it is you were doing, and she sees that, and she sees there's more to do. She's accomplished enough for her career, and she's content, and that's really all we can hope for in our lives. Just be happy with where you are, and she's found that spot. World rankings in women's tennis. What I really am trying to find out now is who's the number two ranked player in the world. I couldn't. In women's tennis. Uh, I would. I couldn't. I have no guess. I, I don't even. Well, not only do you not have a guess, but you wouldn't know how to spell it or pronounce it. Can I'm going to give it a try. One? Okay. Barbara. Okay. Krechikova. Krechikova? Okay. K-R-E-J-C-I-K-O-V-A. I think I did a nice job with it, quite frankly. Yeah, I like that. Krechikova. Okay. Never heard of her. No. Uh, Arena Sabalenka. Third ranked in the world. Never heard of her. Iga Swiatek. Does Sharapova still play? <laughs> she on the list? 
I mean, it's just crazy. I, like, I say this all the time. I We're just talking about this with Mark Tavoli. He's like, I love tennis growing up as a kid. Like, you had Agassi, you had Sampras, you had, like, and, and I just said it was a lot like golf today where you had the old guard, like Connors and McEnroe still playing. Then you had, like, these emerging guys, like, who is that? Like, Michael Chang for a little bit. It was fun to watch. And then you had Agassi, like, change the game branding-wise, right, the hair and all everything else. And, and so, like, it was awesome. And now we haven't had, like, our last American star was Andy Roddick. Yeah. And Andy Roddick was disappointing. He was? He, he was. Like, go look at Andy Roddick's record. Dude, I like, don't know. He was fine. I've heard of him. But he wasn't, like, Sampras and, and Agassi. Okay. And, like, and now in women's, like, if you don't have Serena and Venus Williams. Yeah. It's, again, Sharapova for a, a while, right? But, I mean, it's just amazing. And I'm not telling you the sport's bad. It's just that we don't know it. Like, we we just don't know the sport at all. And I think tennis is great. Yeah. I love tennis. Like, I think playing tennis is fun. Watching tennis is fun. I just don't know anyone who they are. I've never felt more disconnected from a sport of tennis. Like, I'm more connected to curling. And that only happens, like, <laughs> every four years of the Olympics. I'm into that. But I do like, I'll tell you the one guy I like in tennis that he's like the villain. That's the only reason I know him. His name's Medvedev. Medvedev. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. He, I don't know why, but, like, I've heard, like, and he's the men's the tennis still has big names. Not American names, but the big names. I mean, yeah. between Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, they still are getting it done and still playing sure. at a high level, even at their age. The reason why we even brought it up a little bit, these guys that are at the Boys House of Cards are telling me how valuable right now F1 is in the card game. Yeah. I'm like, really? F1? We have UFC. We have F1. We have, obviously, NBA and, and football and baseball and all the rest. And so it brought up the questions. Like, I wonder what card could be the next big thing. Like, what sport? Yeah. And we thought maybe tennis could be, but just doesn't feel like in today's day and age. How about golf? I mean, golf cards? Yeah, they do. They're not worth much. Like, you need Tiger. There's Can we tiger. get what we got a one on one of Tiger? There's Tiger rookies. I feel like I saw one in here. I, but see, see, we got a Tiger rookie in here at the Voice House of Cards. I'm telling you. Might buy that on the way out. Like they came out with new golf cards. I think there's more cow rookies. Those would be valuable. All right. Uh, Brian Middleton, good job, man. We'll see you tomorrow. Action Sports Jacks OT. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, thanks to everybody here at Tavoli's House of Cards. We'll be back out here next Wednesday, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Stay safe with the weather once again. Could get some uh, big storms in town uh, throughout the area tonight. Uh, CBS 47, Fox 30 for the latest, 104.5 WOKV, and the first alert weather app to get the latest on the forecast. Back at it tomorrow at 3 p.m. in studio. Tonight we got Lakers and Sixers on ESPN 690. Have a good night. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.